Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 698. If you'd like to have a copy, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. I've got a strong message from the book of Hebrews. I've got music and letters. Uh, so uh, let's pray right now and ask the Lord's blessing upon this program. Father, bless this program. Let your will be done in it in every way there is, Father. Uh, take control, take over, take complete control over everything that's done here uh, on earth as it is in the kingdom of heaven. I will be very careful to give you all the praise, the honor, the glory, and the thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, um, all right, you can probably hear the people in the hallway. Uh, this is one of the things. I have to continue doing these messages. We have to put up with uh, sirens and airplanes and people in the hallway and everything. So this is Porter Wagner to sing for you, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. Time is filled with swift transition Not a birth's unmoved can stand Build your hopes on things eternal Hold to God's unchanging Unchanging hands, unchanging hands. Oh, to God's unchanging hands, unchanging hands. Build your hopes on things eternal. Oh, to God's unchanging hands. Him who will not leave you. Whatsoever years will bring, if my earthly friends forsake me, still more closely to Him cling. God's unchanging hands, unchanging hands. Hold to God's unchanging hands, unchanging hands. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hands.
not going to change. Uh, the Bible said he's the same uh, in the Old Testament. Now, a lot of people have been told by the Antichrist cult in this world that, well, that's the Old Testament. It's over with. No, it's not. Because the same gospel was preached to them in the Old Testament as it is to us. There's over 333 prophecies of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and that we should believe on him and in him, or else the death angel will come over and smite us. All right? It was said, uh, this went back to the Garden of Eden, where it was told the people there about the blood of Jesus. If they wanted to be saved, they had to acknowledge the blood of the Messiah that was coming into the world to... um, be a man and to keep all the commandments and then be murdered and then raised from the dead on the third day. And this next chapter that we're reading here, chapter 3, okay, and we're already down to verse 17. But with whom was God grieved 40 years? Was it not with them? that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. And you still get people believing the Antichrist. So it doesn't make any difference if you're sitting in a church and you believe that you can still sin and still get into the kingdom of heaven. Well, the Lord tells us that he does not condone sin in the Old Testament and the New. So he was grieved. He grieves with people. Well, if you're saved, you can send a bunch of uh, what God calls bastards, say, today. He says, uh, they're, they're lying, they're false prophets. Beware of false prophets. Beware of these false teachers. The Lord warned us of those uh, all throughout the New Testament, and the Old Testament as well. Beware of them because they'll uh, send your soul to hell if you believe in them. And the Bible says that the entire world has been deceived by them. That includes you. It includes many of you people that are sitting in churches today. You're deceived. You think you can still sin and get by with it and that God will not punish you. But the Lord says he will punish you and say, it's not hurting me. I've just been called. It would hurt me if I didn't preach this gospel to you, which, um, because... Woe be unto me, knowing the terror of the Lord. He's a terrorist. I preach, we preach the gospel, those of us that really believe that we can't sin. The biggest sin is to disbelieve God. You don't believe what he says, that he hates sin? Okay, but with whom was God grieved 40 years? Hmm? Was it not with them, the Jews that he rescued from Egypt, that had sinned, 
whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. Well, yeah, that was back then, you may say. It's today, too, folks. I've seen people that I've told the truth to. I told him, God told me he's going to kill you. Do you know that? And he said, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh-huh, yeah, right. Within a week, he fell through a roof and landed on his back two stories down on a concrete floor and died that day. So, you know, you're saying you goof, yeah, sure, I'm thumbing my nose at you, God, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> That's you folks out there. Verse 18, and to whom swear he? He swore that they will not, should not, and will not enter into his rest. Into the promised land. But to them that believed not. So he says, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. They don't believe that they go to hell for sinning. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Listen, you will go to hell if you sin, if there's any sin on your soul. Verse 19, so we see because we're not spiritually blind, so we see that they could not enter in God's rest because of unbelief. While we believe we can sin, God's a good God. That's what Satan said, thou shalt not surely die. He's telling the people the same lie today, and just like Eve, even after seeing that reproof in the word of God, you still sin and believe that you're going to be able to enter into God's rest. Forget it. Okay, chapter 4. Let us therefore fear. Fear God. That's the whole duty of man is to fear God keep his commandments. Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest any of you should seem to um, come short of it. Well, can we come short of it, Lord? Ah, yes. These words that are spoken by my prophets are not false. I wouldn't let you be taught false doctrine. No, would I, the Lord says? Uh-uh, no, I wouldn't. He wants you to know the truth. Okay, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. See, I told you it was preached to them in the Old Testament. Amen? Amen. And there it is right there. So the same truth that was in the Old Testament is the same truth that is today. Amen? Amen. For unto us was the gospel, the truth, in other words, preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those words that uh, those that the ears of those that heard it. Oh, yeah, we just said, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, we got, we're too busy. We got other things to do. 
And we got to do the laundry. We got to go upstairs. We got to go downstairs. We got to do the washing, the ironing. And these stinking rowdies come into your house, you women, and just track it all up. And you're just busy, busy, busy doing all kinds of other things. With the exception of seeking the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what the Lord says that we have to do. It is to seek him with all of our heart. All of the soul, not 99 and 9 tenths percent, but all the heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. We have to give the Lord ourselves because he bought us with his own blood and therefore we belong to him. We don't belong. He never saves to washing, ironing, this, this and that and this and that. Okay, so we have to uh, give him the uh, earnest of the spirit, our spirits. But, uh, you know, but this word is not mixed with faith like it wasn't mixed with faith with those that fell in them that um, heard it. Verse 3, For we which have believed, we're going to enter into rest. As he said, God said, As I have sworn in my wrath. But I thought, God, you was a God. This is New Testament. I thought you was a God of love. Why are you saying that you sworn in your wrath? If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The Lord uh, rested on the seventh day from all of his works, the Bible says. Verse 4, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. That's all of his creation. He puts seed in everything and he wants, he expects us to replenish the earth. Not to be married to homosexuals, men with men and women with women. You can't fulfill the Lord's work that way. And you're not the temple of God if you do that. You're the devil's temple. Okay, so you need to repent. You say, but I'm a homosexual. I was born that way. Well, if that were true, which it's not. Nobody's born that way. That's why you have to be born again. Get born again. Verse 5. And in this place, again, if they shall enter into my rest. If they shall. Well, it's up to us to enter into his rest. He's not going to come around and lasso us and hogtie us and then drag us into his rest. Seeing, therefore, it remains that uh, some must enter therein. Because he said, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing, therefore, it remains that some, not all, must enter therein. And they, to whom it was first preached, entered not in because of unbelief. These are the people in Israel a long time ago. Long time ago. They didn't enter in because they didn't believe. 
They never made it into the promised land. And the promised land is a figure, a symbol, a type of the kingdom of heaven. But they were saved. They were saved from uh, the Egyptians. God delivered them and even opened up the Red Sea for them. And these weasels did not uh, believe. It was because of unbelief. Well, is unbelief so bad? Yes, everything hinges on you getting into the kingdom of heaven if you believe, not unbelieve. Because God hates the fact that uh, Eve disbelieved God and believed Satan. That's why the whole shtick is about believing, having faith in what God says. If you want to dwell with him forevermore, the whole shtick is Belief in God, faith in God, faith in Christ, faith in the word of God, which is Christ. So you don't believe in the word of God. You think that you just hear it and then just go about uh, the everyday sinning that you do, which is you, the Lord says to keep your eyes on him at all times, and you don't. The minute that the message is over with, you start arguing with each other, yelling at each other, and doing all the things that are sin. So to get along with one another because the devil is angry with us for preaching the word. And therefore, we don't need the house of God angry at us, do we? No. Again, he um, limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today after so long, uh, so long a time as it is said, today if... Ye will hear his voice. That means, and harden not your hearts. That means if you'll hear his uh, voice and believe it, and not harden yourself against the word of God. Verse 8, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have uh, spoken of another day. There's another day. Verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. And folks, today that's a seven-day rest. In other words, we come to Christ, a 365-day-a-year rest. We must deny ourselves and rest from our old works because... Uh, the Lord uh, saves us if we leave Egypt. I mean, there's no more hot dog stands. There's no more leeks. There's no more hornions. There's none of this stuff anymore. We're out on the desert. We've forsaken our taste buds. We've forsaken this place where they were killing our babies. And they were instructing people to kill all the male children. Kill them. They're becoming mightier than we are. Satan doesn't like that if you become mightier than he is. And you do become mightier than him in Christ. You become mightier than the entire world government. If you are steadfast, you must enter into the, the Lord's rest. You must, therefore, if you're going to be with the children of Israel, you have to leave Egypt with the whole crew. Three million, six hundred thousand, whatever. You have to go through the Red Sea. All of you have to be baptized in the Red Sea. 
And all of you have to be baptized in the, under the cloud that followed the children of Israel. We all have to leave the world, in other words, the sinful world. We have to rest from the sinful world. We have to turn our backs completely, totally forsake sin. Completely, totally forsake Egypt, the world, because all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Verse 10. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works. So the Lord doesn't want us to just cease from our own works one day out of the week. We have to cease completely. This is another day of rest. This is when you become empowered with the spirit of the living Christ. The fullness of the Godhead bodily enters into you, and you are able to turn your back on the entire world, as God did from his works. Now, God can do anything because he's God. But he chose to end the creation of the world and uh, the heavens and everything and to just uh, take care of the church. Verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, the seven-day, 365-day-a-year rest, where you turn your back so that you can continue on to the end. Because you cannot and you will not continue to the end if you don't hang everything that you would love and lust after up and take up the cross. And Jesus said, follow me. I never went to McDonald's or Wendy's or any of these places. I never let my taste buds lead me around. But he fasted sometimes 40 days and 40 nights without food and water. Let us labor, therefore, to enter in that same rest, into that rest, lest any man fall after uh, the same example of unbelief that all those people, the chosen people of Israel, one-third of the angels of heaven, fell! And you rotten false churches are saying that you uh, once saved, always saved. That's Satan, folks, is telling you that. Charles Stanley will tell you that. Oh, he says, now listen. Now listen. Okay, listen. Don't listen to that. All right, because then he doesn't believe. You're falling after the same example of unbelief. Now, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Oh, you do something wrong and pow! It's quick, it's right on you and powerful and sharper than any uh, two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The word of God is able to Divide between your spirit and your soul. And um, of the joints and marrow, uh, 
You see, we're joined together as one body. Now it's not just us that you have to be worried about. You don't be worried about anything. You don't worry, you pray. But we have to keep the body of Christ. We're all joined together. Joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Holy Spirit knows everything you're thinking, everything that you're planning. <laughs> but we don't like to hear this kind of preaching. Man, we don't want to be that disciplined. It doesn't matter what you want. That's what you'll do if you want to go to heaven. That's just that's that simple, folks. That's just how simple it really is. Okay, verse 13. Uh, neither is there any creature that is not known or manifested in his sight. He knows all about the cat that's in the weeds that sees a mouse and is about ready to leap on it, or for a tiger or a lion that wants to uh, grab a caribou or a crocodile that wants to catch one while they're taking a drink down by the river. He says, not only are we that are made in his image and likeness, neither is there any creature, even those of us that are made in his image and likeness, not only us, but there's no creature that is not manifested in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. What do you mean we have to do? We have to do? Yeah, because everything is God's way. If you do what he says, you go to heaven. That's God's way. If you don't do what he says, well, then you go to hell. That's God's way, too. Well, I don't believe it's God's way. Well, you're not believing his word. His word he values higher than his name. You're just a hard head. You got a hard head and stinking fate. That's what you are. Honyok, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We profess the Lord Jesus Christ today, but what about tomorrow of some gorgeous woman comes by and gives you the big eye. What about that? Will you flee from the very appearance of evil if you're married and get out of there? And she's a prostitute and you're going to stay there? you got to hold fast to your profession that the body is not for fornication. It's for the Lord. Now get along. Get out of there. Verse 15, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was, Jesus was in everything, in all points, tempted like as we are yet without sin. He hurt, he, uh, everything that we feel he felt even more because he has a bigger brain than you and I. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly, if you're born again of the Spirit, boldly unto the throne of grace, 
of power that we may obtain mercy. Oh, mercy for sinning? Oh, no. Don't forget about that. You can obtain forgiveness of sins. At first, when you first get saved, you get mercy. The Lord washes you and forgives you of all your sin. That's the mercy. But don't think you're going to get mercy if you continue sinning and find power to help in the time of need. Chapter 5, verse 1. For every high priest taken from, uh, from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. That's the Old Testament because Christ hadn't come to the earth yet. But we're still reading from the New Testament. Verse 2. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of order, out of the way, out of the way of life. Well, what do you mean? The way is Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Can have compassion on them. So the Lord having compassion on them sends us into the world and on radio and out in the streets to distribute literature and on the air to send these messages your way. Because he wants you to be in the way, the truth, and the life. And that's Christ. For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. He was. Verse 3, And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. Verse 4, And he gave himself for an offering. For sins, we couldn't be saved if he hadn't done that. Verse 4, And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron, Moses' brother. I'm going to turn the page here. Verse 5, So also Christ glorified not himself, to be made in high priest. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Verse 6, As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek never dies. He's a priest forever. Verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. Do you know anybody prays like that? Unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Feared the Lord. Even Jesus feared God to keep his commandments. He knew that if he didn't keep all the commandments, there wouldn't be any way that people could be saved. Uh, and there wouldn't be any way that people could 
continue on by the Spirit of God entering in them so that they would never sin again. Now, we have that power in us in these earthen vessels. We are earthen vessels. We're made out of the dirt of the ground. And God blows this breath of life. And then he gives us the baptism, if we seek it, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If we don't, we figure, eh, you know, God is a chump. It really isn't necessary. All these preachers are just blabbing their mouth. No, I'm not. I know a lot of them are, but I'm not. Verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he, Christ, God Almighty in the flesh, obedience by the things which he suffered. He came to suffer and die and to be raised from the dead. Verse 9. And being made perfect... Wait a minute, I didn't think all these phony preachers are saying you can't be perfect. That's another Charles Stanley garbage. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Only those that obey him. If you sin, that's not obeying the Lord. So you have eternal salvation if you obey him, and it belongs to everyone that obeys him. Verse 10, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 11, of whom we have many things to say. And I, I know the things that uh, there are to be said about him, but I haven't got time on this broadcast to say it. If you want to know more about Melchizedek, he's in the Old Testament. And now Jesus, there's been no priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. Uh, it was always the Levitical priesthood. But because of the fact that this is an eternal priesthood forever, it is the order of Melchizedek. Okay, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing that you are dull of hearing. Why should we be spending so much time to try to explain these spiritual things unto you when you're out? A lot of you, the people in the world are going to hell, and you're like a stack of dung. You don't have ears. Dung doesn't have ears to hear. Verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again and again and again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. This is the first thing it's just about to teach people. But you don't. You go behind the pastor's back and you teach with fallacy. You don't teach the word of God. First of all, the Bible says to suffer not a woman to teach. And we had a woman here just a few days ago that was teaching and sneaking letters around and saying everything that was absolutely false. So you have need that one teach you again. And I've noticed that it's not only again, but it's again and again and again. And they still don't learn to teach. Which be the first principles. Teaching is the first principles of the oracles of God. 
and are become such as have need of milk. You have need to have milk. You need to be born again. And not of strong meat. You know, there's powerful things in the gospel that young babes can't receive. They wouldn't understand it because they're not that sincere. Verse 13, for everyone that uh, uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Well, a babe uh, cannot uh, eat steak. And a baby, they need to be taken care of. Uh, not a spiritual baby, they need to be taken care of spiritually. Some people were actually feeding them, spooning them food like a crazy people. No, people know how to eat when they're grown up and they become born again. The spirit, you're not supposed to feed them like a baby with uh, food that is for their natural body. But he's talking about the milk of the word of God, uh, the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Verse 14, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Those of us that have been through the fire, we've been to hell and back, even those who by reason of use and through the experiences that we have, we know we have uh, there, uh, we have our senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And the babes don't have that. You've got some people that's been in this church for like years, and they don't still, they still don't know good from evil. And that is so sad. And it wasn't only in this church, it's, ha it's in every church. And it was from the beginning the same way. Most of the people of Israel fell dead, the old timers, fell dead in the wilderness, and only two of the old timers made it in, Joshua and Caleb. So you see the goodness of God and also the severity of him. Mess around, don't mess around with God. He'll drop you. Chapter 6, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. In other words, uh, the foundations. I mean, you know, once you're a baby, you're uh, eating from a bottle. And pretty soon after you've uh, been weaned, you don't get a bottle anymore and drink it. So what uh, the Paul is saying here by the Holy Spirit Therefore, leaving the principles, the first things of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Well, why is Charles Stanley and a bunch of these phony preachers telling people that we can't? Who's perfect? Nobody can be perfect. He's a liar. And if he uh, says he's not a liar, he's a devil. Because right here it is. Let's get on to perfection. Let us go on unto perfection not laying again the foundation let's not go back to the baby bottle of repentance from dead works in other words the lord says you've been doing dead works now i want you to do live works i want to live in you and work in you okay 
Now, you'll let me do that, or you're not obeying the gospel, and you're not going to heaven. And a faith toward God, the word of God. Uh, verse 2. Of the doctrine of baptisms. Now, let's leave it, you know, in the laying on of hands. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the resurrection of the dead. Yes, we know all about this. That's We've been fed, we've been weaned, and we've been eating beefsteak for a long time. I know all about that. And of eternal judgment. Well, yes, of course there's going to be an eternal judgment. I don't need to practice uh, that knowledge anymore. I've got that hidden in my heart. I know all these things. Verse 3. So let's go on from that. And this will we do if God permit. Verse 4. For listen to this, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened with the word of God and have tasted of the heavenly gift, the Holy Spirit and eternal life, and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit. You had the Holy Spirit in you. And verse 5, and have tasted the good word of God that upholds everything, that created everything, and the powers of the world to come, in other words, heaven, verse 6, if you or they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance. You can't repent anymore. Those of you people, you idiots that think you can sin and get by with it. No, you fall away. Like Second Thessalonians says also, you fall away, let Satan enter into you. And then you start saying that the things of the world that Satan's cult is teaching you is the truth. That Satan is God. You're God. You're, God is the one that you serve. And if you're attacking the churches of God the body of Christ, and you're of the devil. And I want you to know that I love to rub that in your noses. If they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance. You can't repent. Seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. Verse 7. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them, by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God, which means rain and the benefit of these herbs. Verse 8, But that which beareth thorns, and briars is rejected. In other words, the Lord is saying that the whole word of God is being preached to everybody, but some are like some people are like thorns and briars. Thorns and briars, and they don't receive any rain because they're like tough, thorny briars, wires. But that which uh, bears thorns and uh, briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing. 
whose end is to be burned. So there's people that drink in the word of God like herbs to the rain, and uh, they use it to bring good spiritual health to themselves. But the ones that reject the word of God are like briars and thorns, and they just don't. They're hard. The more it rains, the harder they get. Nothing is soft to them. They're devils. Verse 9, but, beloved, we are persuaded. He's talking to the people of the Lord. Better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, your labor of doing the things that the Lord says, because that is what love is, is the keeping of God's commandments, which ye have showed untoward his name. They have to turn the page. In um, that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. In other words, you stand up each night in the congregation, you tell them your testimony and what the Lord has done for you this day. You have ministered to the saints. But you people that are in the church, you've seen people that have done that before and they walked off. He says, well, my dad is more important than God. And so, but the Lord says, anybody that puts father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter, or anything or anybody before me is not worthy of me. So, well, let me bury the dead. The Lord says, let the dead bury their dead. I've made you alive. Verse 11, and we desire that every one, um, every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Or you just have to keep giving that testimony and getting out there and telling people. Verse 12, that ye be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Well, what are the promises? The kingdom of heaven and everything here on earth. Verse 13, for when God made promise to uh, Abraham because he could swear by uh, no greater than himself, he swore by himself, saying, verse 14, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. Verse 15, And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Verse 16, For men verily swear by the greater and an oath uh, for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. That's it. Okay, I swear um, by the Lord or I swear by my mother or whoever. Verse 17, wherein or I swear on my son or I swear on the head of my daughter. 
Okay, verse 17. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. Uh, uh, confirmed it by an oath. Verse 18, that by two immutable things, non-disputable, in which it is, it was impossible for God to lie. Uh, don't, this, uh, these words that I'm reading to you are not a lie. They are the words of God. It's impossible for him to lie. It's impossible for him to die. It's impossible for him to fail. That we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Well, what hope is that? Well, the hope set before us is God who cannot lie said we're going into a play, a paradise that is beyond anything that we could think of, anything that we've ever seen before or anything that we could ever ask for. We don't even know how beautiful it is. The things that the, the Lord God has laid away for those of us who love him and keep his commandments. And I'm going to have to end right there for today. Because we do have uh, some letters, I believe. And so, where's the first letter from? Who's going to read it? I will. Okay, Sharon, go ahead. From Medellin, Colombia, translated from Spanish. Foremost, I would like to thank God and you all for the work that is realized through the benefits of your work. This past May 19th, I received your literature, and it has truly been a blessing. I would like to know if you would send me your literature every other month so that I may keep myself occupied in the work of the Lord. Would you also send videos and audio messages? We are planning on having a gathering with people that are weary so that they may get to know about the Alamo Ministries. Cordial greetings and may the Lord fill you with blessings. J. Perez Jaramillo from Medellin, Colombia. Praise the Lord. All right, I see that uh, this hour has come to an end, with the exception of our praying. Now, those of you that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then let him know it by talking to him. And uh, the Bible plainly tells us that he's everywhere and he hears everything. He sees the very intentions of your heart. He knows what you're going to do. It's like the mouse is running through the field. The cat can see him. The Lord can see you much better, and the cat and the mouse much better than uh, the cat can, or we can, or anybody can. He sees us all. And so when you're praying to him, realize that he hears everything you're saying. So say to him right now, say this prayer. Say, my Lord and my God. And you don't have to, you know, think that it has to be channeled in some channel. He's everywhere. My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, is the Son of you, Father. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised him from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. 
Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood he shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved because your word says so. It's impossible for you to lie. I all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. No matter where you are, don't be ashamed of the Lord. Or he'll be ashamed of you before his Father and the holy angels. All right, now, Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 698. It's free, including the postage and handling. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in again tomorrow for another powerful message of how to uh, hold on to God's unchanging hand in these last days. We are just pilgrims here in this world, and uh, we're like sheep among wolves, but the Holy Spirit guides us. Here's Porter Wagner again to sing for you, Wayfaring Stranger. Just a poor wayfaring stranger traveling through this world below. There's no sickness, toil, or danger in that fair land to which I.